Are you working from home these days? How's it going? Today, we're going to talk about it, as working from home makes some feel like they are living to work rather than working to live. Indeed, new research from Microsoft found that the expectation of the nine to five is starting to slip away. You are listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Kelsey Warner, future editor. With me is Naeem Yazbak, a director for Microsoft UAE. Naeem, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thanks, Kelsey, and good to speak to you once again. Exactly. You were here three months ago when we were a little more than a month into this global work from home experiment. And we talked then about you know, productivity, and we just had a general sense then that, like, wow, this actually might work. And since then, I think we've all learned a lot, and it's good, bad, and some of it is actually a little ugly. And so Microsoft, which owns email service Outlook and Calendar, as well as LinkedIn and search engine Bing, has one of the biggest data sets on who we are at work. We're talking trillions of data points based on emails, meetings, searches, and social posts. And they put it all together into the Work Trends Index. And so Naeem, you've looked at these productivity trends. You've been at Microsoft for nearly 12 years. When the pandemic eventually recedes, do you expect work from home options to be part of everyday post-pandemic employment? How is this all going? What do you think? Listen, in all, in all transparency, no one thought uh, that this should, will be pushed at that speed. I think coming from the technology industry, the work from home concept was not something new. I think we always had it in a way or another. Uh, um, I think in other for other industries, it was an almost impossible mission to achieve. When the pandemic came, people had no other option but to implement work from home. And of course, at the beginning, lots of people were reluctant whether this will work or it will not work. And 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 also again, as I said, depending on the on the industry. And we as Microsoft at the beginning, we we kind of were almost first responders because we had to enable that. Flip of a switch. It was an overnight shift for a lot of companies. Absolutely. And then we had to enable all of this for all sorts of organizations, whether government, private sector, financial institutions, students, teachers, et cetera, et cetera. So that was kind of the first phase of us going into, into, uh, into, uh, into this. I think after that, specifically now, we are more into uh, uh, the, the, the reimagining of how the work from home is going to look like, because I don't think there is one formula that fits everyone. And I, 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 the, there's, there are a few realities. There are going to be reality we all have to accept. One is that proved to be working and what was impossible a few months back and what literally without the pandemic could have taken years of actual proofs. In a couple of months, people have realized, no, it works, and it works pretty well. Exactly. So I want to dig into this idea. I think when we spoke three months ago, the main takeaway was just, wow, how productive we all still can be when working from home. But now that we grind into month six of this, the pain points are starting to emerge in terms of work-life balance. And one of the things that Microsoft really highlighted was this nine-to-five creep. Is this the end of the nine-to-five? What, what are you seeing in the data in terms of what we're up to at nights and on weekends. The good thing about the, the Work Trend Index report is that it looks at around 2,000 uh, workers across six countries in different functions, uh, different organizations. So kind of it gives us an idea 
of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the of of the work from home. And and some facts I'm I'm going to throw them and get into the details. As I said, first fact is that it does work. Not only it works, I I think it may have lots of advantages over over traditional uh, models of working. This is number one. Number two. Uh, it's very unlikely that people are going to go back to the old work of office working that is nine to five. Uh, that nine to five schedule is completely uh, eroding, I would say, and 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 fading. Uh, and uh, and and I think people are now specifically the the when when they're working remotely, they are. Uh, uh, working way more first than nine to five. I don't think anyone is stopping at five. I think it's a continuation uh, of uh, of work. Many are not having weekends anymore, so the the weekend concept is 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 being challenged. So so, but also it's giving people flexibility to pick up when they will work, what they will work, at what hour they will work. So yeah, that nine to five definitely is eroding. The second fact is the the workplace of the future is going to be hybrid. As I said, unlikely people are going to go back to the old model. I think the hybrid model is going to be the most model that people will go through. I would say, I mean, the, the, the survey says that 71% of the employees in that survey and manager reported to continue working from home at least part-time, which is a lot. And productivity also is proving to be much, much higher. So what that hybrid model mean? I don't think there'll be a playbook. I don't think there'll be one formula fits all. But definitely, for some people, it will mean going a day in a week to the office. For other, it will it will mean going five days but less hours and everything in between. Just, I mean, it sounds like we have to go to the office just to claw back some work life balance. Not all the data in the report is. I mean, there are some data we need to be very, very careful about. Very careful. So, so let me get to the third point that is, I think, on the positive end before I get to the challenging point that we everyone needs to look at. So I think people are also saying that there's much more empathy uh, uh, in how they see things around them. So people have more empathy on, on how things go at work because, you know, bear in mind, we used to go to the office the whole day. We underestimate the challenge that is at home. Uh, uh, and when there are spouses that are at home managing the family, I think now there's way more understanding of the challenges that, that are at home and how do you manage. So the concept of empathy is also raising, which was making a lot of people more grounded on, on how do they really manage that piece and the expectation of their partners at home, their family around them. Uh, and also be more understandable of their employees and their families, etc. So that concept of empathy is raising, I think, more than 62% said that they have now way better understanding of the challenges at home and what people go through than before, which is also very, very, very good because I think it will lead to way more understanding. So I think all of this, what I'm saying is, is all good. Um, all say that it, it works and it works very well in some areas, but and I'm going to put two lines under why we, but we need to be careful because there are things that, that, that are also challenging. People are saying that fatigue sets very early when you work at home. In other perspective, you get way more tired earlier in the day than when you are in the office. Is that just a constant 
you know, connection to a screen? So if you look when you work from the office, normally you you don't have an, an nine, 10 hours of back-to-back. So what would happen is, is you would have a meeting, then go have a coffee, uh, talk to someone in the corridor, get to the next meeting, or drive in the car, get to your customer meeting, come back. Those time between meetings and meetings would give you, would make you much more, I would say, relaxed in how you operate. Today, in that work from home, you look at your calendar, you have 15 half an hour back-to-back call, you don't have even time to think, and definitely this, this gets to lots of fatigue. Uh, uh, that we need to be very, very careful about. When you look at a demographic breakdown, we think about, you know, Gen Z, the relative newcomers to the labor force, millennials who tend to be actually young parents at this point, and then those maybe caring for elder parents and having a different set of responsibilities. Who is experiencing the work from home? Is it, and then sort of the gender divide as well, men and women experiencing working from home differently as well, when you think about household obligations and just traditional roles there. Did Microsoft see any data that any one population is experiencing this in a better or worse way? Very, very interesting and very surprising that the new generation that we call Generation Z are the, is the generation that is being challenged the most. They're, they're, they're seeing the, the fatigue. And of course, we'll talk about work-life balance as the most challenging versus and vis-a-vis the what we call previous generation, which is probably my generation. And why is this? Because I think for people who have families and for people who have children at home, the work from home concept provide more flexibility, which at the end, it balances the negativity of the fatigue that they get. So people, they feel, you know what? We're, we're, we're okay to trade in. For the new generation that normally they don't have, most of them, they don't have family commitment or children commitment, that becomes very exhausting without a trade-off. And that's why I think it was an eye-opener even in the data in the, in the report to say that this is the highest generation feeling the pain. Now, everyone is saying we're like work life is way more difficult to balance with work from home. As I said, the problem is uh, 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 I don't think anyone is stopping work at six. Uh, I don't think anyone is having weekends anymore the way we used to know the weekend concept. And that makes work-life balance a very, very challenging concept that people need to be really way more intentional uh, uh, about it. What I'm hearing from you is connection is difficult through technology. It can be fatiguing, tiring, because we have this back-to-back, there's fewer breaks in a work-from-home environment, and that we really do rely on the office to find that connection. So are you optimistic that technology can actually, you know, foster this connection that we're starting to miss if we go into more of a hybrid model? So look, I think there are definitely few things in general that we are proposing. Uh, Things that I would say, uh, I don't want to call them tactical, but I think things on how we're going to operate. So our recommendation to all organizations and people working from home is that they, they intentionally put a break in their calendar after every two hours. So they look at their calendar, they work two hours, and they take a break of 20 to 30 minutes and two hours and a break of 20 to 30 minutes. That will allow much less fatigue and much more concentration. This is the first recommendation. The second one, technology is definitely evolving. So if you look at Microsoft Teams, which is 
the number one used tool in, in remote from working uh, uh, today. We've added lots of features like uh, the together view, which is allows people in the same uh, meeting to look like that they're in the same room so that they feel that they're together. Uh, also, uh, uh, features like dynamic view, which leverages AI technology to kind of filter content depending on who you are. Uh, uh, so there are a few things uh, that uh, that uh, that definitely allows you to feel way more connected, I would say. And the, the, the things also like what we call focus status. So so things in teams that will remind you that you need to have focus time or quiet hours or quiet days uh, so that no, people, they cannot bombard you with, with meeting requests. So technology is evolving, no question, and will continue to evolve. But let me be clear, and, and that's my personal judgment perspective from what I'm seeing. And I think our, our CEO was also vocal about it. Right. He said to work from home entirely would just replace one dogma with another dogma, which I thought was interesting. And he's an outlier among his peers. I mean, Slack, Twitter, Facebook have all said or signaled to their employees that they may work from home indefinitely, that their policies that may actually change. Apple, Google, and Microsoft have taken slightly different tacks on this. The data in the in the report confirms what Satya is saying, is that going the extreme way, it's going to be very painful and it's going to be very taxing on people and on organization. And, and people are going to see it midterm and long term. However, not realizing that there's an opportunity of a different working model and organization thinking that we can go back to the traditional model of office hours that is nine to five or eight to six or whatever, is also completely the, I, w- I don't think that this is going to be the right approach. So I think that's why we're going back to that concept of hybrid. For us to be able to leverage the flexibility of remote work and technology and all what it's bring, but also minimize the challenges that, that, re- that, that, that technology brings around fatigue and work-life balance. And to be quite honest, make sure that that physical connection is there because there is no replacement for physical connection. I, I think if there is one thing that is not debatable now after five, six months of people working from home is that there's absolutely no replacement for physical connection. Whether you're meeting a colleague, whether you're meeting your customer, your supplier, there's absolutely no replacement for how important is that physical connection. How important is that when you're working in the office, you meet your colleague in a corridor discussion that is completely unplanned and you throw a, a, a problem statement, you get an idea that is one is not planned. That's not the def- that's not going to happen through technology. So I think, I think everyone is realizing that the hybrid model is, is the perfect model. What hybrid means, the, the mistake that I hope organizations that they don't do is that they don't take a playbook and they say, that's what hybrid means for Microsoft. It means hybrid for me is going to be the same. And that would be absolutely wrong. Organizations have different culture, have different objectives, have different business models. By the way, within the organization, they're going to be different, different hybrid models, strategies for people who are in finance, HR, or for people who are in the sales marketing. So I think that there is a lot of learning going through, but I think data is starting to evolve to guide lots of those decision making. I think leadership is going to play an amazing role here, uh, uh, and, and and I really I really hope that the, the leadership in the private and the public sector are going to, from one side, realize the opportunity, be bold in their decision-making, put their people 
of course, their customers and shareholders at the front of their decisions and and be balanced in, in every decision that they're going to make. Because I think today leadership can fast track things in a way that the impact of the, all those decisions around how do how people work on people, on productivity, on economy can be priceless over the next period. It's a massive opportunity. Naeem Yazbekt of Microsoft. Thanks so much for being here. Good to talk to you again. My pleasure. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. And before we finish, here are the other stories you need to know about on the national.ae. Adnox Logistics and Services subsidiary will form a new joint venture with China's Wenua Chemical Group to own and operate a fleet of large gas carriers and product tankers. The company, AW Shipping, will be incorporated in Abu Dhabi and transport liquefied petroleum gas and other products sourced from Adnoc, as well as international suppliers. The carriers and tankers will deliver the products to manufacturing bases in China and around the world. HSBC fell short of profit estimates as Europe's biggest lender signaled worsening loan losses weighed down by the global pandemic. And Virgin Galactic, the space tourism company, plans to raise $460 million through a new share sale and is delaying plans to take its billionaire founder, Richard Branson, into space due to pandemic-driven staff shortages. That's it for today. If you've enjoyed this show, please do subscribe or leave a constructive review. All that remains is to thank Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan for producing this episode, as ever, remotely. And thank you all for listening. Please join us again next time.